Thanks for tuning in to this message. My name is Jared Piney. I'm the online pastor here at Pathway, and I'm here with one of our worship directors and online hosts, Maddie Seitz. We hope this message is a valuable resource to you and helps you grow deeper in your faith. If you consider yourself a Christian and this message blesses you, I hope you'd consider giving back to us at Pathway so we can continue connecting all people to Jesus and helping them become his fully devoted followers. Learn more at pathwaychurch.com forward slash giving. And if you decide to take a step in your faith after the message today, simply visit pathwaychurch.com forward slash next so we can help provide you with resources and partner with you in this journey. I want to welcome all of you, those of you who are watching at our campuses or those of you who are watching online. We are in the second week of a series as we get ready to roll into summer. And I have to tell you, this series has been like a touch and go. I mean, it's just two weeks here. We're talking about life verse. So when you hear the word life verse, you may go, what does a life verse really mean? Well, it's a verse of scripture that you take to kind of build purpose around. You know, I may ask it like this. This might be the best way to say it. Do you have a scripture or a certain passage that is like your go-to? I mean, anytime you start thinking about the word or you start thinking about like the challenges of life, this is the scripture that comes to the forefront of your mind. You think about it, you learned it maybe many years ago, it might even been just recently, but it's that scripture that like really inspires you. It guides you, it helps you focus. You know, I think uh, the word of God is so powerful. You know, we tend to use it in our lives in such a way that it does give us focus, it anchors us. We, we tend to put it on the walls of our home. We love seeing scripture on the walls of our home because it reminds us. We put it on t-shirts, there's all these things that we do to keep drawing us back to God's word. Now today you may say, well, I don't have a life first. I wanna tell you that's okay. It's okay that you don't have a life verse and you may today be sitting here or you may be watching online and you're thinking, I've had a life verse for decades in my life. And that's awesome. You know, Christian last week shared his life verse. I get the chance to share mine this week. But before I do, I wanna tell you this. There are over 31,000 verses of scripture in God's word. Now, for some of you who may not have a life verse and you heard the message last week and you're thinking, you know, like, I need to get one of those, but it feels so overwhelming. And maybe you even feel stuck, like I just don't even know where to go. Well, I wanna take the pressure off. I want you to think about it like this. Choosing a life verse is like choosing ice cream. 
how can you go wrong? I mean, you know, when you go into the ice cream store, it's pretty easy, right? If you like ice cream, there are a multitude of different ice creams for you to choose from. You know, for me, I'm a black walnut guy. I'm old soul. I mean, I, I walk in, I'm looking for that. If they don't have that, then I'm disappointed. But here's the truth. If I'm with a friend and they start talking about the great vanilla ice cream they have, I'm like, man, I can be swayed. If they start talking about peanut butter cup ice cream, I'm like, I'm in, you know? Th- this is good stuff. I mean, you can't go wrong here. Ice cream is a win-win, and God's word is a win-win. You just have to take the pressure off and begin exploring and starting to think about, Lord, what, what jumps off the page to me? What, what can I take and begin to build my life around that they can keep me on mission and help me know what direction you want me to go? You know, I'd say this, having a life verse is like having a motto or slogan. You know, it kind of encapsulates your beliefs, your ideals, it does guide you. It keeps you on track. I want to share some famous mottos from, from, from some very successful companies. And as I share these, I, I'm going to share the motto, and I want you to try to guess the company. Now, you can yell it out loud. That's fine. Try to own it, right? If you're watching online, you can type it in. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Here's the first one. This is a softball, an easy one. Here we go. It's everywhere you want to be. Crickets. Man, I got you in the first one. This is going to be fun. It's everywhere you want to be. It is Visa. Visa is the company. That's their motto. Everyone in marketing, bless your heart. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. To accelerate the advent of sustainable transport and electric technology. Got a guess? If you guessed Tesla, you got it. There you go. All right, going to get a little bit easier here for you. I hope you have this one. It's been around a long time. Think different. Apple. There you go, Apple. All right, here's another one. You guys, I know you visited this place this week. Here we go. Save money, live better. Walmart. Got it. Very good. And quick draw McGraw. There we go. All right. To glorify God by, sinning, by, by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us. I know we have some kids that have worked at this place. Here it is. Chick-fil-A, right on. I heard it. Here's the last one. One more. Move fast and break things. Move fast and break things. Facebook. Facebook is the motto. They want to move fast. They want to break the norm. You know, there are these mottos that we have that we build kind of our belief, our ideal around, and that's what a life verse is like. You know, it helps us begin to understand how to be focused in life. It's God's word. So why would we choose this? I mean, we have all of scripture, and why is it important to have a life verse to kind of build mission around? I believe there's a couple reasons this is important. The first one is this. It roots us in God's truth. When you have a life verse, a scripture that comes to mind, it does root you in God's truth. You know, sometimes as followers of Jesus, uh, we spend time studying God's word, we spend time listening to messages, 
We spend time even going out to podcasts, listening to ideals and thoughts about scripture. And really sometimes we do it because we want information. We're just building our information base about God's word. Sometimes we do it because we want to be entertained. We start thinking, well, I like the way that message was communicated, but this one over here, I'm not so sure if I like that. It's about entertainment. I want to tell you the purpose of God's word for you and I as followers of Jesus is always, it is always to put it in action. That's the purpose of gaining knowledge. It's to put it in action in our life. We want to be able to build our life the way that we behave how we think, how we operate in life. We want to build it around God's scripture. And as we learn these things, it does help us get rooted in God's scripture. And why is that important? Because when your roots begin to dig deep into the soil of your life, it will help you with the storms of life. And I want to tell you, storms are coming your way and my way. That's just life. But when we have God's word and when our roots are deep, man, we can stabilize. We can begin to thrive even in the midst of the storms of life. Here's the second one. It reminds us to remember. If you spent any time studying God's word, you would know that a common theme that we find in God's word is he is constantly, God is constantly, constantly going back to his people and reminding them to remember. Remember all the things that he's done. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his goodness. Remember his power. In the Old Testament, many times when God would have some great victory, he would tell the people to build a memorial. And the memorial was for the purpose of the people to be reminded of God's power, not for him. God didn't need to be reminded of his power It's so the grandfather could bring the grandchild back to the memorial and say, God did this here. This is what God is capable of. This is why it's important for us to remember. And here's the truth. God knew that in our human nature, we would forget. We would forget the things that he's done in our life. Isn't it true? I mean, do you encounter strife Do you have anxiety or worry in your life? And has a friend ever come along and begin to help you just navigate through that and remind you how God showed up last week, last month? God knows that we're a forgetful people, and so he wants us to remember. Scripture is filled with this. It's filled with God reminding his people to recognize the work of his hands and the power of his word. I love how the psalmist says it. The psalmist wants us to understand. And so he just simply says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. Are you in a difficult space in life right now? If you are, I want to challenge you to do this today. I want you to begin to remember the days of old. What that simply means is that you would remember the things that God has done in your life. I want you to ponder his power. 
I'd love for you to go out in creation and just simply look around you and go, wow, God, you did that? So whatever adversity I'm facing, you have the power to bring me through it. This is the significance of God's word. Joshua says it this way. He he talks about the power of allowing the word to be built into our lives. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you be prosperous and succeed in all you do. Now, that's probably a different translation than many of you memorize that in. But the truth is, it's good for us to see that God's word is something that we're to meditate on day and night. When we meditate on God's word, it starts to make its way into our life. It helps us be reminded to remember. I want to say this about life verses too. I know there are some of you that have a life verse that you've held on for decades. I talked to someone just recently who just said, man, this verse I learned years ago and it's been so significant in my life. It's helped remind me of what God is capable of. But I have a confession. I don't have one life verse. I've had many life verses over my life. I mean, the truth is I've had different seasons where I've needed to hear things from God in unique ways. It it resonated with me in different stages of life or in different seasons of life. I think that's probably true for many of us. So if you have one life verse that you've been like traveling with for decades of your life, that's great. If you don't have one, I want to tell you God's ready to meet you now. If you've had one for many years that keeps changing, it's okay too. You know, if you are a young mother, I I want to tell you that you are in a unique season of life. If you've got young children in your home, you may think about life verses like this. Maybe Proverbs 4.16 would help you. It says this, For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. Got any moms that can relate with that? Maybe that's just the Hutch family. You know, it's just our kids, you know. This wasn't Sarah's life verse, but I think it's funny. Or here's another good one for you if you're a mother. Do not let them out of your sight. You know, some of you are going to have to go do that right when we get done here. You're going to have to go make sure they're there. You know, you're corralling all the time. Now, those are fun, but the truth is there's so many different verses that God has for us in Scripture that He wants us to connect with. And sometimes it's gentle reminders. You know, for me, there have been times in my life that I needed to hear about forgiveness. And I need to be reminded that God told me in His Word that He takes my sin, He takes your sin, and He casts it as far as the east is from the west. There's been times in my life that I need to be reminded to keep a tight rein on my tongue. To make sure that when I came home and I had a hard day that I wasn't bringing it into my home. I wasn't taking it out on my wife Sarah or my children. There's times in my life, honestly, too, that that I've just been overwhelmed. I've been overwhelmed and I needed God's word to give me peace, to give me comfort. And that's so important for us. And God's word is going to resonate in different seasons of life. But before I share my life verse, I, I want to share something with you too that I think is important. And it's important as you study God's word. Some of you may know this. You may have heard this before. I remember being taught this in Bible college. But as we read God's word, there's something that is really important for us to think about, and it's this. Context 
is king. Let's say it together. I want you to say it together so you remember with me. Ready? One, two, three. Context is king. So what does that mean? That means that as you and I read God's word, as we see a verse in scripture, we have to see that verse within that passage. We have to see that passage within that chapter. We have to see that chapter within the book that we're reading, and we have to see the book that we're reading within the whole complete counsel of God's word. Because if not, what can happen is we can start picking up verses and building meanings around them that God did not intend. And and this happens. And it's really an innocent thing that people do. For instance, uh, one of the misquoted, misinterpreted scriptures, probably the most misinterpreted scripture in all of the Bible is Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, if you go back and, and you read that verse, that verse there in Philippians is Paul speaking to the church about giving. He, he's challenging the church to consider how they can give, and then he's talking about his own personal life and how he has learned contentment from giving and from also living in spaces of life and seasons of life where it wasn't abundant, it was scarce. And so you, you look at this and you go, man, I can do all things through Christ who strengths me. Where is it almost always at? It's in athletics, right? So that doesn't mean you have to go burn your Tim Tebow jersey. I, I, you don't have to do that. You don't have to burn your posters, but it's important that you and I have good practices as we read God's word. And it's not just that I'm concerned that we may misinterpret the word of God, but I'm also concerned sometimes, and the caution I want to give is if we just simply go and we find a verse of Scripture and we don't read around it, we may miss the deep meaning that God intends for us. It may be that you get dialed in on a specific Scripture and it speaks to you and I'm just like, oh, you're just at the tip of the iceberg. You need to keep reading around that. God has more and more that he wants to say to you. You know, my life verse is in the book of Romans in this season of life I'm in right now. And Romans is an incredible book. I hope you've taken the opportunity to read it. I'll tell you, the book of Romans is the most um, clear and systematic book in dealing with our Christian doctrine, the things that we believe. I mean, Paul, the writer, goes clear through what it means to really understand God's love, his grace, his mercy, and what it means to truly follow, to chase after Jesus. At the very beginning of the book of Romans, it simply says this. It says that we all are sinners. And so right from the beginning, Paul addresses why this whole thing is messed up. That we sinned, and because of our sin, now we're in this broken relationship with God. Surely you can relate you look at your sin and you understand how it hurts you and it hurts others. It begins to click to make sense to us, right? And Paul is saying, this is the problem here. He, he goes on, he says, however, God in his grace has given us justification by Jesus' life and by his death and resurrection. And Paul wants us to understand that although we broke this relationship with God, Jesus has justified it. 
So simply put, it means that Jesus has made everything right between God and us. He now has given us the opportunity to be rescued from our sin. And it was because of his shed blood on the cross, it was because of his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus covered or he conquered our sin. It's a beautiful thing to think about. You keep traveling through Romans, you learn so many things. It's not just about now Jesus giving you and I new life. Paul says, oh no, the story doesn't stop there. Now Jesus has given you the ability to overcome your sinful nature. So now pursuing Jesus is about stripping off our sinful nature and each day looking more and more like him. It's a brilliant book. It's incredible. And my life verse is found actually in Romans 8. Romans 8 is an unbelievable chapter about God's goodness and the power of his spirit living in us. It's just loaded. I knew one guy that spent an entire year of his Bible study each day just rereading Romans 8 again and again and again. I'm telling you, it's that rich. But I want to practice what I just preached. Remember, context is king. So I want to tell you what you'll find in Romans 8. Look with me. Here's the first thing you'll find. There now is no condemnation because we've been set free. That's the first thing that we hear in Romans 8. And then it tells us this, the spirit who raised Christ from the dead is living in you. Is that exciting to anybody? Hello? Exciting? Yeah? That's good stuff. Then it says this, those led by the spirit are children of God. Man, for you and I today, we get to walk out of here and be reminded that we are sons and daughters of the living king. It says this, our suffering won't compare to what God has in store for us. If you are struggling in life today, if you are experiencing suffering in life today, I want to tell you this, God is not going to leave you here. God has something better for you. And it's right around the corner. It says this too, it says God uses all things to bring good to us. You know, the Father is such a faithful Father. And when we hear things like this, when we encounter the truth, it begins to change and guide us. It helps us focus not on what we're facing today, but on the hope of tomorrow. God is powerful. And here's my life verse. I love it. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, there are so many reasons that this is my life verse. And I would say the main reason is I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded that God is for me. There's so many times that I've walked into rooms and felt terribly inadequate. Now, I'm telling you, I've walked into hospital rooms, I've walked into homes, I've walked through doorways and and thought, Lord, what are you going to give me to say to this family or this individual that is suffering so much? Lord, I don't have the answers. I'm not sure how to navigate. But when I know that God is for me, when I know God is for that family or for that individual, that I'm trying my best just to encourage, to inspire, to, to motivate them, 
beyond their pain. And God does incredible things. You know, another place that I feel inadequate a lot is as a father. Can you relate to that? Have you ever felt inadequate as a father or a mother? There's times I feel like, man, Lord, I, I just blew it again. I had this opportunity to uh, learn from my past, and here I am again. It's the same situation. You think I'd be a quick learner, but I'm not. And I'm reminded in those times that God is for me. And if God is for me as a father, that means that I can't really mess it up if I'm doing my best to stay in step with the Spirit working in me. And there are so many times in my life I, I need to know that God is for me. Two years ago was a time for me like that. When I was diagnosed with malignant melanoma. And when I got that diagnosis on that Friday, man, I'm telling you, it made me a little shaky. I've talked about it. And I needed to know that God was for me. And as I was waiting for test results and those different things to see how aggressive that cancer had been and whether it had been spread through my body, I needed to know in that moment that God was for me. And if God was for me, then who could ever stand against me? And I'm telling you, in that time, God made himself known to me. That's what a life first does, is it gives you the power to be reminded. That's what God wants you to know. He wants you to know that he is for you, and I'm here to tell you today, no matter what you're experiencing in life, God is for you, and when God is for you, nothing can stand against you. Man, right after this life verse that I have, Paul begins to talk about the enemy. That's the good news. The bad news is the enemy is gonna do everything he can to convince you that God is not for you. The enemy is gonna bring every blow, every punch he can muster to distract you from the truth. Paul goes on here in the following, following verses and he says, hey, here's what the enemy's bringing. He's bringing persecution. He's bringing accusation. He's bringing condemnation. He's going to bring trouble to your life. He's going to bring hunger in your life. He's going to try to create destitution in your life. He ultimately wants to bring death to you. Paul says that you just need to know the landscape. This is what's coming your way. But then he says this, man, I love this passage as well. He says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming, do you see that? overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love here's the truth that you need to know today whether you've been in the church for decades or you just happen to be in the church this weekend for the very first time, I want you to know this. God is for you, he is with you, and God is in you. And God wants you to know how much he loves you. And I wanna tell you something about God too. God is always good at beating the odds. That's what he does. God is the God of the impossible. You might feel like your marriage is beyond repair. 
Today you might think, man, there is no way that anything good could happen in this marriage. There's no way we can come back together. The distance is just too immense. And I want to tell you, if God is for you, who can ever be against you? And today you may feel like that addiction, that struggle that you've had for so long in your life, whatever you would name that addiction, that it's just right there again, ready to take control and you may have slipped, you may have failed, and I want to tell you this, if God is for you, who can ever be against you? And today, your anxiety, your worry, it may be dialed up. You may feel overwhelmed in life, and I don't know what it's about, and it really doesn't matter, but I want to say this, if God is for you, who can ever be against you? And God does the impossible. God loves you and I in a way that we can't imagine. I want to tell you something about God. He he even likes to place himself in situations where his power and his faithfulness, it's not like a minor headline, it's a major headline. You know, when the Egyptians were pursuing the Israelites, when when they finally stepped out and they they began to experience freedom, they pursued him. And you know what God did? He led them to the most vulnerable military position he could with their backs against the Red Sea and all of Egypt bearing down on them. You know, when the Israelites were facing the Philistines, there was a giant named Goliath and he came out for 40 days and struck fear in the hearts of the people. And when Gideon, when Gideon was finally ready to go and to try to free Israel from the oppression of the Midianites, he he brought this army and God said, you got too many people. What, what? God says that. You got too many people, you need to send some of these people home because I'm ready to show you what I'm capable of. And when Jesus was arrested and when he was crucified and when he was buried, everyone thought it was over. But God, God does the impossible. That's what he does. Reminds me again, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, I want to tell you that's my life verse in this season. I want to be reminded of that. I wanted you to be reminded of that today. And I don't know what your life verse is, but I want to tell you, if you have one, I want to encourage you not just to uh, selfishly keep it to yourself, but go out and share it. Find someone that you can walk alongside who's experiencing something in their life where they need to hear God's truth. Look for an opportunity to engage with them. Be willing to be vulnerable and tell them why this is your life first, what it means to you. And if you haven't chosen a life first, I just want to encourage you to dig in. Dig into God's word. See what will jump off the page to you. Begin to pray that he will show you something that could encourage you, inspire you, or motivate you. You know, a lot of times when we encounter God's word, it it feels overwhelming. It feels overwhelming to me sometimes. And if you're new, you're just digging in as someone who's trying to understand God's word, then I want to put a link on the screen. I want to encourage you to go read this article 
so you can really continue to understand what it means to be a student of God's word. You, you may feel like you're like laughs behind everyone and I just wanna encourage you to dig in. Dig in because God has something for you. Man, before we get out of here today, I wanna ask everyone just to bow your heads if you would. I just wanna give us a little bit of time just to reflect. And I want us to reflect on this idea, on this behavior of being in God's word. And I know there are many of us who have been following Jesus for a long time. And I know just from talking to people that sometimes in our journey, we're really dug into God's word and other times we're not as much. You know, life has happened. We've got out of habit. And today, as you're listening to me, if you have been following Jesus and you're not in God's word like you know you need to be, you don't have a good rhythm, a good cadence in God's word, then I want you today to be willing to say, I'm going to get back in. I'm gonna get back into God's word on a regular basis. I wanna get back into that habit. If you know that's you and you know you need to do that, then I want you just to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise your hand all of our campuses. Make a commitment today to God that as you walk out of here, you're gonna get back in the habit. If you're watching online, all you need to do is type me there. Let us know that's you. I'm grateful, I wanna pray for you. So Father, I just pray for my friends who really desire to be in your word more. Lord, I want them to be in your word so they can be rooted in your truth. I want them to be in your word, Lord, so they can be reminded to remember, to remember your faithfulness, your power, your goodness. And so Lord, I pray that you'd lead them. I pray you lead them right where you want them to be in your word and that you help all of us continue to have that habit, that discipline in our lives. With everybody's head still bowed, I also, I just want to ask this. Have you surrendered to Jesus Christ? Have you allowed him to be the one, the only one that can rescue you? I want you to know that, that God desires to bring you into his family, not just to rescue you from your sin, but to allow you to be a part of his family. And, and not just this side of heaven, but for eternity. That's what's at stake. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, as the Savior of your life, man, I just want to challenge you to pray this prayer. Let me lead you. Just pray in the stillness of your heart. Father, I thank you. I thank you for allowing me to be here in this moment, to hear the truth that you love me, to know that there is no condemnation, Jesus, for those who have surrendered their life to you. God, I want your spirit to come live in me. I want to be a part of your family. And so, Jesus, I just ask, with everything I know, that you would forgive me for my sin, that you would forgive me for hurting others, for hurting myself. Lord, I want to experience new life in you. With everybody's head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want you to raise your hand right now. As a sign that you prayed the prayer at all of our campuses, just raise your hands high. If you're watching online, you can type me there. 
And we want to know this because this is a decision that you need to be proud of, that you need to be excited about. And so as you surrender to Jesus, I want you to know that we here at Pathway, we want to be your family. We want to walk with you. We're all each day trying to look more and more like Jesus. So we welcome you. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for the power of forgiveness. I thank you that you pursue us. I thank you that, Father, we just don't talk about it here in your church, but we're able to go back and read about it in your word. And God, you are faithful and you are good. And so, Lord, I pray that the decisions that were made today, that they may honor you. Help us keep growing and allowing our life to pursue what it means to truly be someone who reflects you. It's in your name that we pray together, Jesus. Amen.